This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You there? Just got to, you know, sit down and discuss it with, man, like I said, one of the best content creators out there. From my Ryan Holmes. Good afternoon, Ryan. How are you? Good, I'm doing well out here on the West Coast. It's it's almost almost afternoon. Now you were at so far. What was the mood like like pregame? Pregame, there was a lot of excitement. Um, I'd say it was seventy thirty percent Raiders fans. A lot of Raiders fans. They they took over the stadium. Kind of a lot of anxious nerves, uh, hoping this team could come out and get off to a good start and and play well for four quarters. Obviously, that didn't happen, but. Uh, the delay to start the game was weird. There was kind of some nervous energy going on there for about 20 minutes waiting for the game to start. And then uh, clearly uh, the first half didn't go the Raiders' way. Uh, but when they came out in the second half and, and got those touchdowns, that place was rocking. Just before we jump into the particular, how much money do you think Hunter Renfro has earned himself this year alone in the first four games? Clearly, he's a focal point on this team moving forward. I think Gruden and Carr are going to do everything they can to keep him on this roster, as they should. He's one of their best players. Um, I think I want to say he's in his third year, so he'd have one more year. Uh, usually those you know, fourth, fifth-round picks get four-year deals. So they should have him one more year, and then they're clearly going to have to pay him. Is he going to be a $10 million-a-year slot receiver? I don't know if it's going to approach that, but he's clearly you're looking somewhere in the $7, 8000000 million-a-year range, if not uh, a little bit more than that to keep this guy around in a Raiders uniform. I always fight the urge to embrace what a lot of folks have 
inquiries as far as Hunter Renfrow be lazy with the comparisons. I just think he's different than what's Welker, where you saw on that fake punt where he put a hat on somebody, and he meant that. You don't see Wes Welker doing that. No, that, that was a huge, a huge uh, play in the game. And you could see watching uh, the replay that the Renfrow not only noticed that they were one short on the field, but he started drifting towards the, the open gunner before the snap. Like, he had an idea. He had, we call it feel. He had feel something was going on, and just his natural instincts took over. And then, and then he put his helmet right on the ball and knocked it loose. It's it pretty impressive to, to see. It was funny that someone tweeted that him and Damon Arnett have the same number of pass breakups through four games this year. For me, it is with Ruin, but as bad as the Raiders have drafted the first, second rounds, just in general, he ugh, he, he goes in the win category for him because. No one expected this. I thought that he was just a product of the system at Clemson, like with a, a rub routes. But no, this dude is a countless route runner, and he literally just he is a very good football player. Now, before we get into specifics, what did you think of Joey Bosa's comments regarding Derek Carr? I thought the timing was interesting. I, I don't think Bosa need to actually say anything. I don't know where he was coming from. I know they won the game, but why would he light that fire uh, under a divisional opponent? In the past, yeah, that there is some, some truth to what he said, but the way that Derek's played this year, I don't see that. And then the fact of if he's referring to the sack late in the game in the fourth quarter before the missed field goal, that did Joey Bosa not realize what happened in the third quarter and half the fourth quarter? So, um, I thought it was an un- unnecessary shot. Like I said, the timing of it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but um, there there might be that feeling around the league based on, you know, how Carr's played in the past with, with a poor offensive line that if you can get to him, you can affect him. But I can say that about every quarterback in the league. If you get to the quarterback and you hit him, you're going to affect him. It doesn't matter who they are. I think some of it was also, I'm not sure, you know, Joey Bosa would be considered a deep finger, but you he had to figure knowing – the situation that Carr was responding, Carr did. Do you think Carr did himself a disservice by responding? Because it actually gave the story more legs and life than it actually should deserve? Well, if the Raiders get pissed off Derek Carr for the next three games going into the bye, then then I'm all for it because we all know pissed off Derek Carr is a better player than, than regular Derek Carr. So it's just going to be how he handles it and how he responds. Um, by him responding to it, publicly yesterday in the press coverage, it does put a little bit of pressure on him because last time I checked, Khalil Mack and Von Miller are coming in. So if they have the same kind of success getting to the quarterback and hitting him, that question is not going to go away. So he, he could have walked away from that at the press conference yesterday and just not acknowledged it, but clearly it did bother him, and then he felt the need to say something. So he just, he just put a little bit more pressure on himself by responding to the comment. In all of your tape studies, I'm sorry, historical grasp of football has there ever been that sharp a drop-off between one player and another as far as Ronnie Hudson and Audrey James that, that's a tough question thinking about it I immediately Jamarcus Russell pops in my head but there was no one really to compare him before before that but uh, it's been a steep drop-off in terms of run blocking I mean there was plays the first two plays in this game against Against San, I would say San Diego against the Los Angeles Chargers, they're running zone right, and 
Andre James is trying to go block the three technique, who the right guard, Illuminor, already has the angle on rather than work to the second level. I mean, he's, it's not only is he missing blocks, he's blocking the wrong guys. Um, so, I, I don't know. His pass protection has been okay. It's been adequate. His snapping's been below average. And then clearly in the run game, he's been a, a liability. Um, so it, it's interesting to see where they're going to go. For me personally, if I was Mike Mayock, Tom Cable, if I don't feel comfortable playing Nick Martin, I'm making a phone call to the Houston Texans and asking him what, what Justin Britt, his cost is. Because he, he came into the league with Seattle. He's played right tackle. He's played guard. He's played center. Uh, he started 89 games in this league, and, and he, he would be an upgrade. Now, Justin Britt's not a world saver as a center, uh, but he's been in Tom Cable's system. Uh, he, he's a veteran in this league. He understands fronts. He understands stunts, twists, blitzes. Uh, and just the communication along the offensive line to me has been been a big problem. I don't know who sets the protection. I don't know if it's Carr or if it's James. Uh, clearly, it needs to be Carr 100% of the time because I just don't think James is picking up on, on all these different fronts and everything that's coming at the Raiders because these aren't blitzes they're seeing that are just out of left field. And most of these blitzes are five-man pressures, but there's guys coming free, and that, that just shouldn't happen. You know, you mentioned well, the right tackle with another word is that, you know, like many want him to kick inside to right guard. Do you think that's too early? And do you think that it would work? And last question of this grouping is, do you see this as a panic move? All good questions. That has been confirmed by beat reporters today that Alex Leatherwood is playing right guard. Um, and there has, there is video of it uh, on Twitter already. So they have moved him inside. I think this, this might be a temporary move. Now, now look, I don't think it's a panic move because at this point, the Raiders are all in on 2021. Uh, when they restructured those contracts, brought in KJ Wright, um, brought in a bunch of veterans on the defense. And we've talked about it. People are going to lose their jobs if the Raiders don't make the playoffs this year. So, um, it's professional football. People's feelings are going to get hurt. Yeah, in a perfect world, they'd like to keep Alex Leatherwood outside and develop him as a tackle all year. Um, but they didn't foresee the injuries they've had on the interior. Um, those interior three guys are just getting no push in the run game. And right now, the bigger question is they got to keep Derek Carr standing upright. If Derek Carr gets hurt because they can't pass protect, the season doesn't matter anyways. So for me, this it's it's a Let's see what happens if it's two or three weeks. They have three weeks until the bye. So if this line makes a big improvement with Brandon Parker at right tackle, Alex Leatherwood um, at right guard, and then, then you keep it that way. If, if you get much of the same, then you can always move Leatherwood back out to right tackle after the bye um, and see what happens. But his pass blocking, and I, and I brought this up on Twitter two weeks ago. I got killed for it. Uh, his technique is not good. He's giving up the corner way too easily, and, and I mentioned that it would be an issue when he gets into this three-game stretch against Bosa, Mack, and Miller. And we saw what happened um, clearly with Bosa getting to him in that first quarter for the strip sack. And this would have happened against T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt did it early, and then he got hurt. So um, it's it's a tough stretch. I know people are saying, look at the caliber guys he's going against, but it's the National Football League. He's going to face those kind of guys every week. He's not facing, um, let's use Cleveland Farrell, an example, a good run stopper who doesn't have a ton of pass rushers. He's not facing those kind of guys. At some point, he's going to have to block elite pass rushers. And right now, technically, he's just not able to do it. And the comparisons to Colton Miller are way off base. Colton Miller was a different prospect. He was hurt most of his year. Um, their issues were completely different. It's not apples and oranges. And I, I know Leatherwood 
is going from left tackle to right tackle, and there is an adjustment there, and it's not easy. We saw Panay Sewell not be able to do it in the preseason. But the Raiders have to look at this in the short term. They need to worry about 2021. If they hurt Alex Leatherwood's feelings, so be it. Um, this doesn't mean they can't develop him as a right tackle later this season or in the offseason into next year. They need to get five healthy guys on the field right now that can provide better protection and open up some holes in the run game. And keeping Leatherwood outside is not solving the problem on the inside, getting movement uh, on these defensive lines. Because the Raiders can't run the football, and they have to go one-dimensional. Uh, Derek Carr is not going to make it through 17 games. And people, like you said, they want to mention Colton Miller, but after that game in London versus Seattle, Colton Miller was embarrassed by Frank Clark. But to his credit, he didn't moan. Like you said, he was hurt. He pulled himself up and got, and improved greatly. And with Alex Leatherwood, it's more of a wait and see. There's still, he's like four games in, but like you said, if it's about hurting his feelings, you are a paid professional. It's time to kind of get this done. When we come back, I want to talk about the pass rush, other issues, and what to do with the secondary, as well as previewing the game versus the Chicago Bears. You're listening to the Full Press Raiders podcast on NPC Radio Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back with the Full Press Race Podcast and FPC Network. Terrence Biggs, Ryan Holmes. Ryan, the pass rush on Monday. We mentioned Storm Norton before, but did we think that Storm Norton would actually fare fairly well? No, I, I didn't think so after watching him play against Kansas City. Now, he got away with some holds. Yes. Um, but in the, it, And if you look at the grand scheme of things, Justin Herbert wasn't dropping back, standing there for five, six seconds and throwing YOLO bombs down the field for big games. Uh, they had a very – Brandon Staley is a hell of a coach. They had a great game plan offensively and defensively. They took the flask because they knew the Raiders were going to give it to him. You saw a lot of running backs, quick stuff to the tight end of the flat, and then they worked the seams. Um, so they kept mixing it up on him, and it was a lot of quick releases, three, five-step drops, get the ball out of the hands, get it underneath the Keenan Allen. Um, they didn't let the Raiders pass rush get home. They didn't give them time. And the biggest thing to me was they didn't stop the run. So the Chargers are always in second and medium, third and short, second and short. They were never behind the sticks where they had to drop back and try to force the ball down the field on third and long. Um, and then give the Chargers credit. They went for it on fourth down twice, converted it. Great catch by Jared Cook against Denzel Perryman. Um, this game came down to as bad as the first half was. The issues that the, the the defense gave up touchdowns in the red zone, didn't force any field goals, and they allowed the four point the fourth down conversion. So, um, but I will give the team credit. As bad as it's been the first half, they, this was a game in the fourth quarter with six minutes left as the Raiders are hit the ball to rugs down the field and they have a chance to tie it. So, they showed some grit. They stayed in it. They easily could have folded up shop. They didn't, um, which speaks speaks about their football character. But it's not about moral victories. Now they have to take care of business because now they're staring down games that they should be favored in when you have Chicago coming to town at Denver is going to be a tough game, but winnable. And then you have the Eagles coming to town before the bye. They, they have to figure out how to get two, if not all three of these games before the bye. Going into Monday's game, like I said, there was a lot of downside. One of the bright spots, Darius Phylon, this with the two sacks and he, he just provides such energy and such, presence in the interior, do you think that is a product of the system, or do you expect him to not get two sacks every game, but to generate more pressure as we go forward? No, I think he will. He's showing up in the run game. He's beating double teams. He's playing very well within the role they're asking him to, which is, you know, 20, 25 snaps a game where he can be disruptive. Um, he's showing you some pass rush moves on the interior, and, and they're getting pretty good production out, out of those interior guys in terms of Jefferson, Thomas, and Phylon, which should only help Ngakwe and Crosby. But you haven't seen it yet where all these guys are eating the same week. One week it's Crosby, one week it's Thomas, one week it's it's Phylon. Um, and sooner or later Ngakwe is going to get home too. But I do like the defensive line's pass rush ability. The problem that they're going to face is you can't, rush the passer until you stop the run. They have to get these teams in second and third and long um, to be able to let those pass rushers eat. But I do like Darius Phylon. 
when, when McCoy went down, I didn't think there'd be a big drop off just because of the way Phylon played in the preseason. And he, and he's continued to show up uh, as the, the lights have turned on here through the first four weeks. Now, we look at the cornerback situation with the injuries to Arnett. We look at the injury to Mullen. Do you see them trying to scour the uh, wire, depending on the severity injuries, and looking for help? I do. They've already brought in Brandon Faison from the Chargers, another Gus Bradley disciple, a big, long corner at 6'2", 197. He's a guy that's going to line up primarily on the outside. He's not going to work in the slot. Um, they do get Keyshawn Nixon back. Uh, they they could have brought in Isaiah Johnson. They chose not to. They could have went out and brought Russell Douglas back. They chose not to. Um, I don't think this week that that depth is really going to be challenged because I don't see Chicago running, you know, out of 11 personnel or going four wide and where you need to put four defensive backs on the field. So I think they'll be able to get through this week. Uh, I think we're going to see a mix of my guess is in base personnel, they're going to move Nate Hobbs outside. So you're going to have Hobbs and, and Hayward start. And then if they go to a you know, nickel defense, you'll see Hobbs kick in and then Robertson will get those snaps on the outside. So, um, I think they have enough to get through this week, barring, you know, hopefully those guys stay healthy. But as the season goes on, as you start to see teams are going to spread it out more, hopefully the Mullen injury is only a week or two. We, we haven't heard definitively what it is yet, but he did come out of the game very early and never returned. So that's not a good sign. Uh, Damon Arnett at this point, I don't know if I can trust him to stay healthy. The games he's played in, which have been few and far between, he seems to get hurt in most of them, uh, where he comes off the field or there's some issue. Uh, that comes up. So I would give Robertson, I think Robertson should pass Arnett on the depth chart at this point and give him those reps, uh, even when Mullen returns, that he should be the fourth corner. Doesn't speak well for Arnett, but he has to be available. He has to be able to play. So we'll see. If if, if Trayvon Mullen's out for the season, then, yeah, by all means, I expect him to go out and look for a starting caliber outside corner because you don't want Nate Hobbs to have to play outside a ton. And he could probably do it for a week or two, but – Ultimately, he's their nickel. So we'll, we'll see. I like the fact that Amit Robertson, Amit Robertson took the bull by the horns and actually able to fare very well. He, even though Herbert did carve up the defense, like you said, it wasn't a bunch of long passes. They held uh, Keenan Allen and Mike uh, Mike Williams to I want to say forty eight yards. It was a low number. I think it was under 50. And it was like seven catches. And that's, I mean, yes, it's a whole lot of catches, but that's not a whole lot of yards. And I like the fact that Robertson got to step up. Now, once again, you saw, I could be wrong, but from you're looking at the alternative, you saw, did Jonathan Abram again veer out of his coverage responsibility on that touchdown to, I want to say, the tight end? Jared Cook. Jared Cook, sorry. Yeah, it was the second touchdown that made it 14 to nothing on, on, on third and goal. And I believe it was his coverage. It looked like they were in cover three with a two-by-two two set. So usually in a two-by-two two set in cover three, there's a seam alert call from the strong safety to notify if that guy runs vertical, he has him. And typically they would play what's called a soft sky coverage at that point. So he'd be back a little bit more, not quite up into the, the hook curl, give it a little bit more depth in case there is a vertical route, he can stay on top of it. Uh, obviously there was a, a blown assignment there because it, it, it's either him or, or 
or leather or I'm sorry it's either him or Littleton but Littleton probably stays inside when, when the when the running back runs the angle route he's coming right at at Littleton and then at that point the outside corner uh, I don't remember who it was at this point but he stays uh, with that guy running the out route so tip my hat to to Brandon Staley again with the offense staff it's a pretty good design against that coverage in the red zone because you're affecting all three of those guys but I do believe uh, it was a mistake by Abram that he should, and he has for the most part this year in a two by two set. When a guy runs vertical, he's been taking him. So I, I do believe it was Abram at that point that missed the, the zone. Now, if we put a pace towards the Bears, they named Justin Fields a starter behind a porous offensive line. Like yes, they have Jason Peters and Cody Whitehead, white hair, but I don't see much else. Do you go into this game with the Raiders feeling more confident that they have a rookie back there or less confident that you have a mobile rookie back there? I think it it comes down to the fact they have to stop the run. I wouldn't worry about the quarterback because if they don't stop the run this week, I, I don't know if any of that matters um, because they have to keep them in they have to keep them in position where it's you know, second and third and long. If, if they get Justin Fields into third and short, they can do a ton of different things offensively to pick those up. So um, first and foremost, I wouldn't really worry about the, the rookie. I'd worry about stopping the run and then mixing up the coverages to, to confuse him when they get into second and third and long and get off the field. Cause, I mean, for me, it's like, I, like I said, I, I worry. Actually, if I'm, if I'm the reason, I'm excited about that bad offense. I'm waiting a rookie back there because – I have a sinking suspicion that the Raiders' defense line is about to eat and eat heartily on Sunday. I just I have a feeling. Now, if he gets a little time, I worry about the matchups with Allen Robinson on the outside, but he has to get time, and this line hasn't shown that they can provide much of a scintilla of blocking. Now, if you flip the other side of the ball, you're facing a – pass rushing duo in Quinn and Mac that are going to put pressure all over their car. Now, chances are you probably have to double team one, which probably Mac. Explain what Robert Quinn has managed to do, even though he is on his, let's see, like fourth or 15. Like what makes him so good? He's always been a uh a good pass rusher on the outside. He's got good speed and uses his hands well. He doesn't offer a ton in run defense, uh, but in this 3-4 system they run uh, in Chicago, they can get him one-on-one with the tackle a lot, and then he just wins with speed and his hands around the outside. I, I think Colton Miller is going to hold up pretty well. Whichever guy's over there, whether that's Mac or, or Quinn, he'll hold up. They're going to have to slide the protection. They're going to have to chip. They're going to have to keep a tight end in to help what looks like Brandon Parker over on the right side. And the biggest thing for me in this game, too, is the Raiders have to figure out how to run the football. They can't drop back and throw the ball 40 times uh, against these teams with elite edge rushers. Just the offensive line's in its infancy. Let's, let's be real. Andre James is a young guy. Simpson's a young guy. Leatherwood's a young guy. Brandon Parker and Colton Miller in their fourth year. Um, so they're going to have to figure out at some point how to get movement in the run game or go to the quick, short passing game, which is going to take away those deep shots uh, to Waller and Ruggs, but Gruden's going to have to mix up his personnel and keep them off balance. Um, I was surprised against the Chargers. They went to so much, you know, 
three and four wide sets with empty protections and just expected those five guys to, to line up and block the four or five coming from the Chargers. So um, we'll, we'll see. Gruden is at least willing to make changes here, and it shows that they're all in on 2021, and they'll they'll do what they need to do, what they think is best to put the five best guys out there. Um, but clearly, they have to either run the ball better or sure up the protection. So there were there were moves that need to be made, and it, it could be another rough day if the Raiders want to come out and throw the ball over the yard against the Bears because they're very opportunistic. They're going to pick the ball off, and when they do, they they have a good penchant for taking it to the house. So doing the two. The Josh Jacobs question. You, we had mentioned Daniel Arnett being not tr- being untrusted because of his injury history. Is Josh Jacobs slowly going that direction for you? I w- no, not yet. I, I wouldn't get get there yet. He's banged up. Clearly, the injuries have been an issue the last three years. He hasn't missed a ton of game time. Jacobs is also playing behind a terrible run blocking offensive line right now, so it's tough to pass all the buck onto him. He's doing what he can to get on the field. Uh, we'll see if the, if the run blocking gets a little bit better and he's still not producing, that then we can have discussions about his fifth-year option. But the fifth-year option on running back is next to nothing, so I fully expect him to pick it up. And they still have another year to do that. Um, but he, when he plays, he plays hard. Now it's more about staying on the field. But at the running back position, there's not a lot of guys in the league that play 16 or 17 games and they're up week in and week out. This is just attrition at a position where it happens. So – there are a lot of Raider fans that are up in arms. Well, they can't play a full 16-game season, but I can go down the list of NFL running backs to do, and it's very short. There's a part of that that is looking at like he can't play a full 16-game season, and I look at it like, do you, do you really want your running back who John Gruden has had a propensity of horsing young backs, kind of like Williams and so on? Do you really want him to play all these games now, or do you want him to? just get arrested and kind of get right and put a long stretch. This on paper is a playoff team. I would much rather have Josh Jacobs in November, December, than have him play the first four weeks of the season, like, you know, 25 carries. People lack that, that foresight to understand that. Now, who wins this game and why? I think I think the Raiders will win this game, and I think they'll do it by double digits. I, I'm predicting a 10 or 11 point win. I, I think there will be opportunities where the Bears do move the ball, Fields will scramble, and he'll hit a shot down the field. I don't know if I trust the Bears in the red zone offensively enough um, when they get down there to score a touchdown. So this might be the week where the Raiders give up some yards, but at the same time they force you know three field goal attempts, and then I do expect the defense to get a turnover or two. The Bears' defense isn't what it used to be. I watched them play Detroit last week, and with looking at the box score, you'd think they played very well. But Detroit moved the ball whenever they wanted. The first three drives, they went inside the 10-yard line all three times and didn't score a point uh, thanks to some turnovers, and and they went for it on fourth down. So the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball. I think that they're going to be able to punch it in. The secondary for Chicago, to me, is just okay. There's a chance Akeem Hicks is going to miss this game as well, which should help the Raiders. And I think the rookie quarterback going on the road, uh, it's going to be a challenge for him. So I'm going to predict the Raiders 28-17 or 27-16, something like that. Um, And just to recap quickly on your your Jacobs, the the fifth-year option for a running back last year was $7.2 million. So it's not a death sentence to give a running back uh, to pick up the fifth-year option. I agree. Now, 
one of the things that when I look at everything and I see X Factor, the X Factor I think in this game is Corey Littleton. He's been much maligned. He missed a bunch of tackles last year. He is he's played much better this year with a rookie quarterback behind a very bad offensive line. Chances are those throws will come out a little sooner than the Bears expect. I don't make, you know, specific predictions. This is a game where Corlison has a pick. I have a feeling. Like, just the way this game matches up, and you know me, I've been critical of the Raiders forever, and I really pick them to win because of, but I think they win this game 24-6. I don't see the Bears doing enough to keep fields vertical. I really don't. I think that Max Crosby gets home. I think that Philo in the middle get you know, the pressure. I see mistakes. I could be wrong, but I'm thinking 24-6. I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas. Where, how, how can people contact you on social media? They can reach me on Twitter. The account is at RHOLM22, so it's at home 22 um, and, and I agree with you, but I do. The Bears ran the ball very well last week against Detroit, so the Raiders couldn't stop the run against the Chargers. Um, that has to be goal number one on defense: to stop the run and force Justin Fields to beat you. There you go. This has been another episode of the Full Press Raiders podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.